what if I told you that in 2022, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL of all time would be playing for the Buffalo Bills? Would you believe me? Well, believe it, folks. Von Miller is a Buffalo Bill, and we're talking about it right here on the Process Podcast this week. We're breaking down all of the Bills' offseason acquisitions, as well as, got to talk about it, Jack Eichel's comments after the Vegas game a couple weeks back. I know we've been off for a week. It was St. Patrick's Day. Please forgive us. We were out enjoying ourselves, being a little Irish for one day out of the entire year. Um, appreciate you guys all tuning in. As always, remember to follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or on Facebook at facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. And you can follow myself on Twitter at Chowit68. Appreciate everyone tuning in. And remember to always trust the process. Nick, if I told you Von Miller was going to be a Buffalo Bill, uh at the end of the super bowl last year what, w- what would your thoughts be on that wow do you uh do you remember that the, there's a video that always goes around from a rochester tv station and it's a guy at a bar and just goes buffalo bills going to the super bowl mm-hmm. okay like that mm-hmm. that's just playing on loop in my brain like going undefeated yep yes yep. Yes. yes so yes. we were on this last podcast and we said you know with their their salary cap constraints what are we thinking they could make a good addition but maybe not a position that costs a lot of money, like mm, not defensive end, maybe like offensive guard. You know, there's a guy that uh, the Titans just released. His name is Roger Saffold. He might be a good addition. And uh, what happened, Charlie? They signed him. They signed him. And, and so I'm thinking like, hmm, okay, you know what? They did good. They improved it at a position of need. They got a good player. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe they bring back Jerry Hughes on a team-friendly deal. Maybe the rookies from last year take another step. Uh, nope. Von Miller. They did pay him a lot of money for a 33-year-old guy. Von Beside the point. Bleepin' Miller. Bleepin' this is, Von yes. Miller. This is a child show. The Buffalo show. Bills, yes. I, I tweeted this too, but just, just going to put it out there again. Adding Von Miller does not make the Bills Super Bowl favorites. No. They already were Super Bowl favorites, according to sportsbooks, okay? Correct. Correct. That's how you need – all of us, we need to wrap our heads. The Bills were the Vegas favorite, and then they added Von Miller. And, you know, everybody else is is loading up to the AFC East looks – or the whole AFC, I mean, looks stacked. but Except New England. Oh, I mean, you know, the rest of the AFC. Everybody's well, coming we, in here. I mean, dude, everyone is stacking up in the AFC, and people are turning down going to New England. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing to see. It's 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 like just a little, just a little bit funny, and it's uh, I really do think it is kind of like what people always talk about that people are willing to sacrifice, you know, their own stuff for mm-hmm. the team when you're winning when mm-hmm. it's for a championship when you have the greatest quarterback of all time when you don't and when the bills have josh allen and you have mac jones people mm-hmm. don't want to put up with belichick's crap when right. uh you know a super bowl trip is not as guaranteed as could be it's a um it's a crazy world we live in man to say that the bills finally have a 
quarterback that people are 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 leaving yes. Los Angeles for to come yes, to Buffalo. And every free agent is saying it. Or or as uh, McKissick said today, you know, he, everyone wants to come be a Buffalo. Be a Buffalo. He was gonna. <laughs> he was almost. He was ready to be a Buffalo. That's right. That was kind of funny. We could talk kind about of, kind that of video. kind of a good thing. He's not a Buffalo, but uh, <laughs> man, I mean, the Von Miller sign alone, it is probably the biggest free agent signing in Buffalo Bills history, hands down. Like Mario yes. Williams was probably that beforehand, mm-hmm. but Mario Williams isn't a Hall of Famer. Mario Williams didn't come in here, you know, being talked about being a future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if Buffalo landed JJ Watt last year, it'd be a different story. But yeah, um, Mar- Mario, I'm, I'm. I'm... If I'm remembering, he must have been younger when he came here than Vaughn, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was in his 20s still. He was on the good side of 30. <laughs> uh, he was 27, yes. Or his yeah, age 27 yeah. season, at least. Yeah, so he, he was still – he was a younger guy. Um, I mean, yeah. dude, I, you're giving a lot of money to, to a really good football player who Peyton Manning has said is the most athletic football player he has ever played with at any position. Mm-hmm. And this, and he showed it last year. Yeah, a six-year deal for a 33-year-old at huge money is kind of, you know, like just looking at only that does make you cringe a little bit. Uh, Brandon Bean does not care. This is Operation Win a Super Bowl. And and don't forget, though, Nick, I don't know if you looked at the contract. The Bills can get out of it. I don't want to say get out of it after three years, but the dead cap space doesn't kill them after three years. They decide to move on from Von Miller after that or Von retires or whatever it might be. So – um, you know, g- great negotiation by by Brandon Bean to negotiate a a team friendly contract at some point, uh, as well as a really low cap hit this year alone. I think it's like one point eight or two million dollars or so. Um, cap hit this season. I'm on his page right now. I'm seeing five point one. As his it, cap okay, hit. that that's with some incentives. Then that that would yeah be yeah correct. okay that that does sound right. That does sound right. Yes yes. So with the incentives, just yes, give him an incentive. Right. Win a Super Bowl, you get all this money. Well, I don't know if you watched his video. I mean, he was walking around uh, One Bills Drive and, you know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to have a Super Bowl banner up there. We'll have one up there. Well, listen, if you haven't seen the video, we should uh, you should link it in the tweet, Charlie, afterward, because that video yes. was great. He's out there on the field and the guy showing him around goes, you know, that's what we got to fix. And he looks up at, and he sees the banners hanging in the field house. And, uh, you know, Von Miller just hadn't realized the Bills lost four Super Bowls in a row. And he was kind of like, oh, man, like that that really happened? <laughs> like they lost all yeah. four? He's like, yeah, we'll go over that hump. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We'll fix that. I'm like, all right, yeah. man. Good. Hey, that's what you want to hear from your, you know, from your big free agent signing. But he, he's a game changer. You know, he really is. And, you know, to say, needless to say, it's an upgrade over AJ Klein at the linebacker position. <laughs> um, I mean, I, mean how, how, I, I think he's going to – he's more like an edge rusher than AJ – I mean – I wonder if he'll line up at end here. I feel like he's more of a stand-up rush, though. I feel like he's a better guy with his, you know, with he's a better guy when he's standing up rushing as opposed to having his hands in the dirt. You know, yeah, he can still still line up at end, though. I mean, it's just kind of what McDermott plays it, but but let's talk about not even what he he's going to provide in in himself being Von Miller on the football field. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about what in I I mean, I guess the best way to put it, what a privilege and an honor it is for these young. (laughs) defensive ends that the bills brought in last year to come in and learn behind one of the best rushers in, 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 in football today or, or ever. I mean, Greg Rousseau is only going to get better. You know, Boogie Basham is only going to get better from this, you know? Um, 
and and that's I, I think to me that is just as important as Von Miller coming in and and being Von Miller on the football field. Yeah, I honestly haven't even thought about that, but that's a great point. I thought you were going to say it's going to be great for recruiting people seeing a guy who just won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles and decided that he was going to trade in sunshine for snowflakes and come to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, every single guy coming up here, it's like Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips. They're all like, yeah, I, I miss Buffalo. I miss yeah. the family. Like, it's kind of a well, great Jor- offseason. Jordan Phillips, man. I mean, that sign alone, I, I, I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. I know he's been injured the last two years. And, you know, I'd like for us to get the bang, banged up bills on the uh, podcast in a couple mm-hmm. weeks and talk to him just about kind of some of the injuries from the guys that Buffalo has, has signed um this offseason and see where uh you know where they are what kind of injuries they had and how that can affect them here in the future but you know jordan phillips is a guy who went to arizona he had a big year in buffalo um he had a productive two seasons before he got hurt you know there's still something in 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 the motor i think he's an upgrade over harrison phillips harrison phillips went and got paid in minnesota good for him you know he deserves that guy but good for him absolutely good for him um you know, I think he's an upgrade, though, currently coming in. I think he's going to help, you know, at Oliver, um, you know, and, and and I think on top of it, the signing Jordan Phillips also led to the cut of Starla Tule, which was something that had to happen. It was way overdue. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I was fine with that. I was fine with him leaving, um, you know, and, and, and you go out and you, you bring uh, – bring a number of, of free agents back. Even Shaq Lawson. Shaq yeah. Lawson is one guy that I was pounding the, the pavement for last year for Buffalo to bring in in the postseason. I was glad to see them bring him back. I think, you know, he's another guy who is very productive in this Buffalo Bill system, and maybe he'll come in and be productive again. Maybe he won't. Got him on a one-year deal. You know, if he's not showing you anything after camp, you know, maybe throw him on the practice squad, whatever it might be. But I'm very excited about having Shaq Lawson back. He was a guy, and it's it's weird like to just think about this. Like in your career, if you were to not have a say in where you went out of college and you were drafted into a company, and then a year later your manager got fired, and then the new manager that they brought in for your department was like, Oh, we're gonna totally change everything up and we actually can't use your skill set as well anymore. Like that's basically mm-hmm. what happened to Shaq Lawson. I drafted Rex Ryan. You know, Whaley said he's going to be a starter off the bus, and he needed some shoulder surgery. Couldn't start right away. Uh, and then McDermott came in, and they changed up the alignment, and they didn't really need what Shaq Lawson did. So mm-hmm. and I get that, you know, could he have done better? Yeah, he could have done a lot of things differently. But it's this is a nice possible rebound story for him. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of good things in that in that contract year, right? I think that needs to be said. It was the contract year. He had a big year in the contract year. Now he's coming in, playing on another contract here this year, obviously being cut from two teams last year, just really couldn't stick around, you know, in the AFC East in Miami and in New York. Um, you know, this is an opportunity for him to maybe come in and, and, and give him a little bit of a prove it deal, see what he could do, come yeah. in and prove that you could still play this game and, and prove that you could be that defensive end that we drafted you to be and mm-hmm. defensive end that you were before you left. Sure. All right, Charlie, I'm going to go down the list here. I'm going to read to you every free agent – or I guess one of them was a trade that the Bills have brought in so far. Okay, offseason acquisition. There you go. Yes, there we go. Thank you for help with the the, the English here. It's almost like I'm the writer in the in the. Hey, film. how about that? All right, listen. <laughs> I was we we were putting this list together before the show, and and I thought I had everyone. No, no, no there's there was more. 
Charlie, I got to tell you, as uh, someone who grew up following the New York Yankees, one of the cool things was that you felt like no matter what the team needed, they were going to go out and get it no matter what. And that was such a nice change as opposed to following the Buffalo Bills who could never seem to do that. And this year, what a, what a turnaround. The Bills are, the bringing Bills are in, going out. Yep. Yes. The Bills are bringing in Von Miller. And the Yankees are like, uh, all these shortstops, uh, you know, there's this guy in high A. He might be all right. <laughs> I was just going to say how how the tables have turned. How the yes. turntables turn, Nick. Yes. All right. T- uh, offense. Tight end, O.J. Howard. Left guard, Roger Saffold. Wide receiver, Jamison Crowder. Two quarterbacks, Case Keenum and Matt Barkley. Running back, Duke Johnson. And then these guys look like they might be some more backup linemen. Greg Manns and Jacob Capra. Okay. Do you want me to real keep going quick. on defense or you want, no, you want to talk re- offense first? Let's talk offense real quick. Real okay, quick. go ahead. Okay. I think Jameson Crowder may mm-hmm. be one of the top five offensive signings this year in, okay. in the entire league. In the, the entire, entire league. league. Okay. Yeah. I think Jameson Crowder is going to have a fairly big role in this offense. Do you he's feel a, he just is a straight-up Beasley replacement, or what are you thinking? He's great after the catch, man. He's got that ability after the catch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, He's a good route runner. I don't know if he's as good as a route runner as Cole is, but he does. he's able to get some good separation. Um, you know, So I, I, I really like Jameson Crowder. I think he's going to be a guy who, you know, if you're running four wide with, with him and uh, – um, and and McKenzie mm-hmm. and Diggs and Davis on the outside, like that's true. That that's a dangerous, uh, uh, you know, wide receiver core coming at you there. That I like that a lot. Do you? I'm trying to think now with all these people that they've added. Like, how do you see the, the breakdown of receptions going? Like right now, if you were just the ballpark, it like give me give me reception totals for the top. I don't know four or five guys in the offense. Um, you know, I would have to say, if you want to go that route, I'd say, you know, at least 80 plus for digs. Um, you know, maybe, maybe 50 for Davis. And I'll tell you why I say that, you know, say that later when we, when, you know, towards the end. You think it because that's higher because that's lower than people would think. I think it's lower than people would think for him. Um, You know, I think McKenzie and Crowder are going to split that Cole Beasley role. Role. I mean, Beasley got about eighty-two last year. Okay. I think you're going to see those two kind of split that role. Maybe 40, 40 each, forty-five each, maybe maybe fifty each. Okay. You know, and then you know you throw Dawson Knox into that. Dawson Knox will make always make those hard catches. He may not make those easy ones. So. <laughs> What do you, how do you see uh, with OJ Howard coming in at tight end? How do you see that shaking out with Dawson Knox? Do you think it's just straight up two tight end sets? Do you think one of them ends up being the favorite? OJ Howard to me always seemed like more of a, I don't want to say like a Kyle Pitts type of tight end, right? Because um, he's definitely not Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a once in a, you know, once in a generation type of tight end. Um, but I see OJ Howard being more of, that guy who they're going to maybe put out wide in like large sets where you're going to kind of have him in the slot in certain situations, maybe in the red zone. Right. Um, You know, I don't see him having his hand in the dirt too much, you know, in their block. And I think 
in those situations, you're going to see more of a Tommy Sweeney, uh, Dawson Knox type of uh, tight end group as opposed to an O.J. Howard type of tight end group. Um, but O.J. Howard can catch the ball, man, and he's got some speed when he does. So, you know, he's, he's a guy that can be dangerous when he, when he gets the ball in his hand. All right. I have, I have two bits of trivia questions. Do you want the Jamison Crowder question first, or do you want the Bills offense question first? Uh, let's go with Jamison Crowder because I'm high on him right now. So let's go with Crowder. All right. Jamison Crowder, at least in my opinion, is a talented slot receiver, good at possession. You saw the one game against the Bills when he was with the Jets. I think he had 15 receptions. That sounds right. I could be wrong. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like his quarterbacks have been holding him back. He is all right. I would like you to try to name some of the quarterbacks Jamison Crowder has had in his career. Oh man. Well, you, so, definitely... you know what? I will I will give you I will give you these hints. Okay. Jamison Crowder played on Washington from 2015 to 2018 in the Jets the past three seasons. Okay. Uh, did he have Case Keenum throwing the ball in Washington? Uh, I have no passes from Case Keenum. Okay. So, obviously, Zach Wilson and all three of the quarterbacks from last season in New York. Yes. You know what? Let's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort. I have the list here. I'm going to sort it by completions to him. So, Zach Wilson is third, 26. Uh, Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, 24. Uh, who was the quarterback last year that came in for the jets and had like one great game and they were ready to like crown him the franchise quarterback. Uh, you think you have Mike white? Yes. Mike white. Okay. 14 catches from Mike white in his career. Yeah. Mike white only think he had two games. So they were like, okay, you, he played Buffalo week two and just <laughs> yeah. got destroyed. Yeah. Um, so that, then see. we're, we're mostly uh, Josh Johnson was, was a little bit, I think with the jets. Yes. And then, then we're, we're mostly in the Washington quarterbacks. Okay, so is there slightly better, maybe? So you said nothing from Case Keenum? No. Um, who was in Washington before? Who's there? Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy is on the list. Three three completions to Crowder. Oh wow. Okay. Um and what's the what's his name there now? Uh Heineke, Tyler Heineke. Uh I think you're you're too recent. He was here. too too early. Okay, too early. Oh man, you, I don't know. You know he... the guy just signed a big contract, but he's there's a hot debate if he's actually good. I know the guy just signed a big contract. There's a lot of guys. Oh no, okay, not him. Former Washington uh, quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's debate if he's actually good, which is strange because he just got a big. <sighs> Used to play not... in Washington. Now he plays in Minnesota. Oh, oh, oh Kirk Cousins. Kirk yeah. Cousins. I forgot about, I forgot Kirk Cousins in Washington yep. first. And then you are uh, I think the only guy up high in the list is uh former Jets quarterback now at the Panthers. Oh, Sam Darnold. Oh, uh, is he still at the Panthers? I don't even know. I think he still is. Yeah. Okay. So so this is this is a, a guy who I think is very talented in his career. Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Josh Johnson, Mike White, Alex Smith, Luke Falk, Mark Sanchez, Colt McCoy. And one from Johnny Hecker. This is who this man has had throwing to him in his career. I think I'm just, just basically agreeing with your point with some funny stats and saying 
yes, I think he's good. I think he's got a lot of potential, and I think he's he's going to show what he can do with a real quarterback. Um, do you know who, what team, well, what opponent Jameson Crowder has his longest ever touchdown reception against? Uh, no, so let's just guess the Bills. It is the Bills. That is the correct answer. All right. <laughs> that is the correct answer. 60-yard uh, completion was kind of a, uh, you know, catch and run. So it wasn't just in the air. It was, you know, he caught it. I think he ran about 40 yards for the touchdown. So, you know, the guy's got a little bit of speed too, which is something that this offense has missed. Um, you know, and that's also why I'm also excited about McKenzie coming back. You know, you're getting that speed on that offense side of the ball that I yeah. think we've both have said it. That's the one thing that this Bills offense has really been missing is, is, is some speed, um, you know, from both the running backs and the receivers. You know, that you have guys who can go up and get the ball. You just don't have guys – um, you just don't have guys who, who are able to break a, a big play with just their feet. And now yeah. you have McKenzie, you have Crowder who was able to do that as well. I so, thought, I thought I, McKenzie could have got more money than he got in Buffalo too. He signed a small contract. He did say he took a home, a hometown discount. I heard mm-hmm. him say on, on some show he was on, but, uh, you know, which is great. I mean, you signed him in the 11th hour. Let, I'm, you know, me, man, I'm a very high Isaiah McKenzie fan, you know, and I think if he has a good year this year, pay the man next year. And I will get an Isaiah McKenzie jersey as long as he's here for more than three years. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, I am looking up Jamison Crowder, career high, 14 receptions against the Bills in 2019. Uh, this was the game the Bills won 17 to 16 in week one. Yeah, that's like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. That was a, ugh. That was an yeah. ugly game. Very ugly. It was. But anyway, he showed you what he can do. He gets open in the middle of the field. Makes it happen. See you later. That's all, all right. that matters. That, that's what you need. All right. You ready for the second question? Yeah, let's do it. All right. With the addition of OJ Howard, I think is possibly an underrated addition. He is a first round draft pick. Always had high potential. Uh, Josh Allen. Do you know how many first round picks has Josh Allen completed a pass to in his career? I want to say none. Cause I don't think the both of any first round receivers or tight ends. Or running backs. Okay, that was my initial thought. Looking this up, the answer is just one player. And if you, so you're right you're on the right track. You got to think of back to who it might have been. And when you realize who it is, you're just gonna be like, oh my gosh. I got to think back. Well, yeah. It was so, so you're right. They haven't really had any recent first round picks. So it was, it was Josh Allen's rookie Calvin, season. Calvin Benjamin. Calvin. Benjamin yes. is the only first-round player Josh <laughs> Allen has ever thrown a pass to, and he now has O.J. Howard in the fold. I like this offense is looking fierce. Let's just hope. Let's yeah. hope uh, O.J. Howard works out better than Kelvin Benjamin did. Yes. Maybe, maybe O.J. <laughs> Howard will want to practice. Uh, you know, running some routes pregame. Maybe uh, Kelvin Benjamin wants to learn tight end from O.J. Howard. I don't know. Jeez, dude, un- unbelievable. At least O.J. Howard's not a biscuit away from, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it was <laughs> that, uh, you know. Yes. Good. I, I, I'm I, really excited about O.J. Howard. I'm with you. I mm-hmm. think he's kind of underrated. You know, he had a big, uh, uh, not a big role last year in Tampa. And, and truthfully, since Brady's come along, he's kind of died down with what he was doing. Um, you know, he did play in all 17 games last year. Yeah. Well, Brady, you got to mention Brady and Gronk. Yes, Brady and Gronk obviously made made things, and and Cameron Braid also there. Cameron Braid, mm-hmm. I think, was tight end two, and kind of bumped OJ Howard down to tight end three. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, he only had fourteen receptions last year, eleven the year before, and he was coming off of you know thirty four and thirty four that you know twenty eighteen twenty nineteen. So he had 
500 yards uh, receiving in 2018, 2019, and then dropped to just about 150 in 2020, 2021 mm-hmm. as well. So he's a guy who's just waiting to break out, man. Um, and I think Buffalo is a perfect place to do it. Yeah. Yep. Freak athlete kind of need, you know, he needed a change of scenery anyway. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, one, of those, one of those good old Nick Saban products. So we'll see what he can do. <laughs> That's right. Backup quarterback, Case Keenum and Matt Barkley. What are your thoughts? Uh, Matt, Matt Barkley, Josh Allen has come out and said before that he learned so much from Matt Barkley in that QB room. I think it was smart bringing back Matt Barkley. Um, I think he's going to, you know, kind of take over that Davis Webb role and be the uh, practice squad type of quarterback, which is fine. You know, I don't see him obviously winning a backup job over a guy you trade a seventh round pick for. Um, I think Case Kingdom is a fine backup quarterback. I, truthfully, out of everyone on the uh, free agent wire right now, um, I don't think there's a better quarterback out there than Case Keenum. You know, I, 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 I like Fitzpatrick. I like the thought of Fitzpatrick. I don't think Fitzpatrick's better than Case Keenum. That's probably so, true at this point. So I, I think Case Keenum with, with – with the receivers you have and what you ask your receivers to do, I think Case Keenum is that perfect uh, recipe. And, you know, you, you know him and Diggs get along pretty well. So That's right. I totally forgot he was the one that threw that, that crazy pass in the playoffs that Diggs went up between the two defenders and caught and scored on. Have you ever watched the replay? Like the one defender like literally tries to fly five yards and doesn't and, even come close to Diggs. And hits the other defender and takes them both out, yeah. Oh, unbelievable. 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 But I, I'm excited about Case Keenum. I think he's he's an upgrade over Mitch as well, um, You know, which now from what I'm hearing today, Mitch might be a backup again uh, with uh, Pittsburgh looking to trade for um, what's it, Baker Mayfield. So the curious. Listen, I, honestly, that sounds like a, a full-on August competition. You think so? Baker against Mitch? Yeah. I dude, I'll tell you this, and, and then we'll get back on topic. I'm sorry. Um Baker Mayfield, whatever team gets Baker Mayfield next, is gonna get probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league for the rest of his career. I have a crazy feeling Baker's just gonna be hungry and just be really, really good and show why he was supposed to be why he was the number one pick in the draft. Um, why he went before Lamar Jackson, you know, MVP. Uh, Josh Allen, a future MVP, you know, um, um, you know, forget about the other Josh Rosen and those guys. But I mean, he went ahead of some some really good quarterbacks, went number one overall when, you know, Cleveland had their pick at the crop. So I just have a crazy, crazy feeling that Baker's just going to go somewhere and just completely tear the house down. Okay. I mean, I, I hopefully it's in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I think he, Baker Mayfield is better than he's shown, which, I mean, I don't think what he's shown lately has been good, but I think he still has something in him. But why, I mean, why hand him a job? Just say, okay, you got to go win it. You yeah, know, I mean, you, you know, Mitch, Mitch came here for one year to go get a starting job after this. You know, you know, he wants it. You know, they'd push right. each other. Yeah, no, I, I think it'd be a great, uh, great competition to see. I just think Baker's just going to be too good. All right. I, I didn't see anything great from Mitch last year in the game. So, I mean, granted, he didn't do much, right? I think he had one rushing touchdown and, you know, didn't do much throwing the ball. But, um, you know, it's not like we saw a lot of Mitch last year to say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I think Mitch still has some kind of talent. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
All right, Duke Johnson at running back, kind of a replacement for J.D. McKissick, who was also a receiving back who decided yep. to re-sign with Washington, and then Brandon Bean was very upset with Washington about how that played out, that the deal was done, they should have backed off, whatever. J.D. McKissick wanted to be in Washington. Don't fault him for that at all. That's better for mm. his life. Like, fine, that you make that choice for your life. Duke Johnson. Does this change how you see the breakdown in your head of, of the running back usage? Is Singletary still your 1A and Johnson is, is – is, or I'm sorry, Singletary. To me, Singletary is 1, Johnson is 2A, Moss is 2B. Is that – that does that sound right to you? Are you? Am I wrong? Unless they draft a running back, um, I think there's always that possibility of Duke Johnson being that Matt Breda type of mm. guy or that TJ Yeldon – type of guy but right then why sign him but why why sign matt Breida if you weren't going to use him and you used and you didn't use tj yeldon for two years okay that's fair you know that's what i mean fair. you always have to have that third the way the way that singletary runs and moss runs you always got to have that third option they must not obviously have a lot of faith in um christian wade <laughs> to come in and be that number three back and obviously they don't have antonio williams on, on the roster anymore either he's in new york so um yeah you know bring him in see what he can do I like him over Moss. You know, I'm kind of done with Zach Moss at this point. I'm ready to move on. Um, you know, you have him on a rookie deal, so you kind of keep him around in case you need him. But I'd rather see the the two guys that you're dressing on game day being Duke Johnson and and Devin Singletary because Duke Johnson gives you that level of speed that you don't get from Singletary and Moss. All right, it's a good breakdown, I think. Let's switch over to defense. We got – so we had 14 guys in total, eight on offense and six on defense. Edge rusher, Bon Miller. Defensive tackle, Tim Settle. Defensive tackle, Daquan Jones. Uh, I'm just going to call him defensive lineman, Jordan Phillips. I think he can probably play both spots. Mm-hmm. Defensive end, Shaq Lawson. And then you got uh, linebacker, Mark Markel Lee is back, who's probably more of a special teamer. Who yes. do you want to jump into first? We already talked about uh, Von Miller, I guess. We talked about Von Miller, talked about Jordan Phillips a little bit, talked about Shaq Lawson a little bit. Um you know, Markel Lee, I think he's he's a guy that you're going to look at just bringing back, obviously, as a, a special teamer. Um, Tim Settle, man. Tim Settle may be a diamond-in-the-rough type of uh, defensive tackle, right? He could be a guy that Buffalo uh, – you know, he, he had a decent, decent year. I don't want to say bad year. He had a good year in Washington. Um, he was, I believe, like the, the number three – you know, D tackle on the on the on the depth chart, um, which now both the guys in front of him have also been cut. So I don't know what Washington's doing at defensive tackle this year, um, but he he's he's a guy who can come in, and I feel like he is an upgrade over what Buffalo had there. He's an upgrade over what you got from Star. He's an upgrade over what you've gotten, you know, in the past from your defensive tackles. And I think he's going to be a great piece to go next to in certain situations. Go next to. Uh, at Oliver there on the line you yeah, he, you know how this you know how these coaches like to constantly rotate a, a, the defensive tackles and the defensive line in general so he's he's a great piece to that and I think what the Bills did with the defensive line in general just completely revamping their defensive line in a matter of two days is incredible and it's gonna look a lot different are you what emotion do you feel about about Jerry Hughes not coming back if he doesn't happen to reset um you know obviously I, I i like jerry hughes i think we talked about it on the last podcast you know buffalo actually won that trade 
you know, for Calvin yes, Shepard. And, and, you know, that, that was a big, big deal. Um, you know, because Calvin Shepard, I think, was in his second year at the time, and no one knew who the hell Jerry Hughes was. Tim Settle is kind of like, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, maybe I'm comparing them wrong, but Tim Settle is kind of that Jerry Hughes type of guy who really wasn't, you know, getting enough snaps, getting enough playing time in Washington. Jerry Hughes, kind of same thing in Indianapolis when he was there. Um, you know, maybe a fresh start in a, a, you know somewhere new in a new system is going to make him just kind of jump off the page a little bit more and be that much better. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think you can play that one tech a little bit, um, but, you know, losing Jerry Hughes in general, I think Jerry Hughes in the locker room is going to be more of a loss than for us as fans, right? I think Jerry Hughes leadership, um, his veteran ship, um, you know, just Jerry Hughes in general. I mean, he's a guy that liked being a Buffalo. He's a guy that liked his teammates, you know, and, and he was happy to be a Buffalo bill. So if they can find a way to bring him back, I'm good. If you can bring him back really, really, really cheap, you know, if he doesn't sign anywhere, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he has a lot of years left anyway. Okay. I'm interested to see what kind of role they have for Tim settle. He's been mostly a career backup. He's got two starts in four seasons. He's played more than 50% of snaps in only one game in his career. They do like rotating, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do yet. You like Ed Oliver. Who else you like next to Ed Oliver? I mean, look, Tim settles what? 308. I mean, he, he's decent size. I believe he's about as big as Ed Oliver, um, you know, size-wise. So I, I think, look, you bring him in, again, it's going to be certain situations. I think he's going to be more of that, um, you know, rush quarterback type of situation on passing downs. And I think you're going to see more of the Daquan Jones type of defensive tackles come in, um, you know, on the on the rushing uh, hmm. on the rushing downs. You know, Daquan Jones is a bigger guy, 320, 6'4", 320. He's a big boy. You know, he's going to take up a lot of room there, um, you know, you know, and, and re- really be able to help at Oliver. I think both of these guys who Buffalo is bringing in is going to really excel, uh, help at Oliver excel in this defense once again. Okay. Between Jordan Phillips, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham, any of those, do you like any of those guys kicking inside at all? Do you like when they maybe Boogie, maybe Boogie? I think Boogie's got the most experience doing it. I think Boogie could be the guy that jumps inside. Um, on, 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 on a not obvious passing down, I guess I should say. Right, right. Yes, yes. I, I think if you can put Boogie inside, I think Boogie would be the guy that goes inside. Okay. What, uh, man, 14 additions here. So I, let's, let's just subtract Von Miller because obviously he wins. Which guy are you next most excited for them to add? I mean, I, I think Jameson Crowder is really the one that I'm – I mean, outside of being, you know, a Bills fan and being happy to see guys like, uh, uh, you know, Shaq Lawson come back, um, you, you know, it, it's it's I, I would have to say Jameson Crowder has got to be that guy that I'm most excited about for the reasons that we said, right? He hasn't played with a great quarterback in his, in his entire <laughs> career. And he's finally coming in and playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And it could really do some great things for his career. And he's adding so much more to this Bills offense than what they had last year and the year before and the year before and the year before. All right. Maybe I would go with uh, Roger Saffold, as weird as it is to be excited for a lineman, but just because I, I think that they really needed to to add there and that they can protect Josh. There were so many games last year that he was really winning in spite of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's a big addition for him. I was excited for it. So speaking of offensive line um, and free agents, uh, Ryan Bates signed his tender with uh, mm. Chicago today. Does Buffalo 
match that. I, I haven't seen the contract. I don't know if you have. I've heard rumors that it's like front loaded for like five million dollars mm. the first year. Mm. Okay, uh, something like that. So, but. so he was uh, he's an undrafted guy, and they gave him an original round tender, which, uh, which he doesn't have one. So basically, that they because he was a restricted free agent, um, they offered him basically the least amount of money they could to get the right to match if someone else offers him a contract, and mm-hmm. if if they if they had offered him more money than they could have. Uh, recouped a draft pick if another team chose to sign him instead. So they were kind of hoping to just luck out, I think, and and get him on the cheap. And But they left the door open for another team to sign him to a front-loaded contract that they would have trouble matching, given how tight they are against the cap. So um, honestly, just in my head, it's mostly coming down to, to money, to how much, what's the cap hit this year, what's the structure, uh, that, that kind of stuff. So I think... I don't know where I saw this. I want to say it was the value on his tender was was two million something. Mm-hmm. I, it depends how much you, you value his versatility. You know, the team seems to really like him. Josh had, Allen had a cool nickname for him. They they seem to like him. He started some big games. Um, I really just think it's it's they put themselves in a position where it, it depends on will they be able to match based on the structure. And I think was it was a Chris Hogan like years ago that mm-hmm. they they put the wrong tender on and then the Patriots uh stole him. yeah yeah and that was uh, yeah. Rex Ryan said like years later on a podcast that he was very surprised you know he thought that they had second round tendered Chris Hogan and then when he heard that the Patriots you know offered him he's like well you know at least we'll get the draft pick back and then uh at least on this podcast Rex implied that Doug Whaley screwed it up and he was uh quite peeved that uh they were not that they were going to lose chris hogan for nothing basically because the patriots had structured the contract in a way that would be tough for the bills to match given the cap constraints so a long way of saying i don't really know until i see i see the money but i would imagine he's a guy that bills do want back so for what it's worth spot track has the bills at 2.5 million uh, in space on top 51 in, in space currently yeah so that is yeah, top 51 space. Yeah, 2.5 okay. million. They currently have 65 players on their roster. Um, you know, in my opinion, I'll try to make it quick, Nick, with, mm-hmm. with Ryan Bates, right? He's a guy that you brought in undrafted that you've kind of like groomed under the radar for mm-hmm. two and a half years. You know, uh, I don't want to say it's a Wyatt Teller situation all over again, but Wyatt Teller was kind of the same thing. You kind of groomed him for a year, kept him under the radar. I think Wyatt Teller was on the practice squad. And then, you know, you trade him for – I forgot even know who the hell they traded, traded him for. It was um, just a pick, right? A late-round pick. I think it was a late-round pick, yeah. And, uh, you know, Wyatt Teller turned into one of the best offensive linemen in the league right now. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, that Ryan Bates could be the same thing, but I feel like you've taken the time to groom this guy into your system. you gotta, you got to do what you can to get mm-hmm. him back. You can move money around somewhere, right? Diggs is waiting on an extension. Mm-hmm. I mean, Diggs is going to want a lot of money. Look at what Tyreek Hill did, uh, you know, yesterday and the amount of money that Tyreek Hill brought in. Um, but there, there's money that there's ways to move money around. We've seen teams do it there. there there's ways to do it and move some money around in order to bring, um, you know, bring guys back. And if that's what you have to do to bring in a guy like Ryan Bates, who, again, you've groomed for those two and a half years. And when finally given his chances has proved that he could play in this league, 
then I, I think you need to do it. I think you need to go out and get him and keep your offensive line, uh, you know, continuing to allow them to gel and play good and keep your quarterback, most important, keep your quarterback, uh, you know, calm and collected in the pocket. Sure. I think those are good points. I think there are still some more candidates that we talked about in the last episode that could be cut if you if you need mm-hmm. to open up some more space. Brandon Bean has been a wizard at restructuring people. Um, awesome. Right now, it looks wizard, uh, wizardry, wizard like. I don't know what what the, what the verb is there, but um, it looks it looks really good. You know, we'll see in two years if the team if this doesn't work out and they have all this dead money. I mean. This is this is how you structure it though. You're trying to go now. You don't need the draft picks in the future quite as much. You need right now. So yeah, bring in a guy who can start if needed. Like I, I I'm kind of with you. And may, maybe they should have offered him a better tender. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, and you talk about all the dead money in years to come. I mean, look, there's plenty of teams out there who have been good, you know, for multiple years and didn't have to worry about all that dead cap space, bringing players in on similar deals to what Buffalo is doing. And, you know, don't forget the cap's going to take a huge bump next season and take a huge jump. Yeah. So there's going to be some more money there next year, you know, given all the TV, I think that all the TV deals and everything go into effect next season. So that's really going to change. I think what teams do as well into next season and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe have more cap space. I don't know. Um, you know, and just looking really, really quick at, at spot track, I think, um, you know, Buffalo going into next off season. Now that with, with only 32 players on the roster going into next off season already are at $15 million in cap space, which isn't a lot, but again, there's ways to move that money around. If you need to, you got Josh Allen, you got Stefan Diggs, you got guys you can rework contracts with. So I'm not too worried about, it. I think for what we've seen teams do lately to rework a lot of that money to go out and make things work for their team. I think there's plenty of ways to do it. And even though Brandon Bean says, oh, I don't like to do things that way, I don't think he's going to have much of a choice. Okay, Charlie, we're going to end with this. We, we open the show by saying the Bills are, were, not are, were the Super Bowl favorites before Von Miller. After him, they are clearly in go-for-it mode. Mm-hmm. What is still concerning you? about this mm. roster what 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 is holding them back what do they need what do you worry about two things okay uh cb2 i think it's a position of need um and i i mean especially now after you lose levi wallace to pittsburgh um you know dane jackson i think has played good but um you know would you trust Dane Jackson to step into that starting role if Tredavious White goes down again or if Tredavious White isn't ready to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that I think they could bring in. There's a lot of good guys in the draft that I think you can go out and, and, and draft as well that can come in day one and, and start at that CP2 position behind Trey White. Um, the second position, and you're going to laugh after everything I said about Jameson Crowder, but wide receiver too, you know. Hmm. Gabe Davis, don't get me wrong, Dave, Gabe, Gabe Davis had a very good game against Kansas City in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it, what he did. And, you know, um, but I, I still feel like they need an extra weapon for Josh Allen. You look at what Miami has gone out and did, you know, now granted two is not Josh Allen. He will not be Josh Allen. I don't think he takes that Josh Allen leap from two to year two to three, like what some Miami fans think he's going to do. Um, but, you know, Miami goes out and gets Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is is going to go in and, and make Tua seem like a better quarterback because he has 
that speed. He's one of the most explosive receivers in the league. Um, and you've seen what the entire AFC has done. You know, you're going to have to find ways to keep up with some of these offenses. You know, so the more star power you can have on that offense, the more guys you can have weapons for, for Josh Allen, sign me up all day. Give your quarterback as many dangerous weapons as absolutely possible. Okay. What about you? What, 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 what do you think they still need? Uh, I'm totally with you on cornerback. I think, and honestly, like just if you're thinking about win the damn Super Bowl and like what mm-hmm. can hold you back from that, a little part of me thinks I don't even want to trust a rookie to a starting like like go get someone like that we know can play. Mm-hmm. Like you you are hoping that this rookie can come in, learn your system, and start and play at Super Bowl caliber right away, which is a huge ask. Are they trading up in the first round? Like they, I don't know if they have the roster spots for all all the picks that they have. Can they package some? Like I I don't really know what the plan is there, and and there there are tons of good people in the draft. So, you know, top couple are gonna be gone before that they're scheduled to get up. But I'm mm, I don't know. Like the same thing that that you're worried about with Trey with his injury, and you're, and you're thinking about what you know. What if someone gets hurt? What if Diggs goes down? Then what does your offense look like? You know, so yeah, what it, I mean, Trey, Trey's got the got the ACL ACLs have a, have a, you know, a re-injury rate that's that's tangible. It, c- it could happen. You're going to trust a rookie and Dane Jackson. Like, I, I almost mm-hmm. feel like they need a, a first round pick and another veteran to at least come in during camp and compete and, and just just short up. So let me give you this idea mm-hmm. real quick. Right. So I was listening to your boy Matt Perino yesterday on his podcast uh, and he had Chris Chapazzo on um, okay. from CBS sports mm-hmm. and Chris made a good point. And I, I agreed with him, you know, once I heard it, if Ahmad Gardner sitting there at five and he's still on the board where the giants pick, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if Brandon Bean is making that phone call at that time and seeing what he needs to do to move up from 25 to five. I think you, Ahmad Gardner is a this is, day this, one this starter is sauce. Sauce Gardner, yeah, that's right. Good name. He's he's a day one starter. Yeah, um, you know he's he's a guy who would fit perfectly. Now he's played more man defense than zone defense, um, but he's a guy who will fit in perfectly to what the Buffalo Bills do. And he's a great number two behind Trey White. And not for nothing, Trey White goes down again throughout the season or or, or the following season or whatever it might be. He's a guy I trust stepping in to that starting role in place of Trey White. So, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, you've seen it work with the Bills in the past and the way they worked with Carolina on some deals and things like that, bringing guys in or, you know, making trades, whatever it might be. Maybe, maybe Joe Shane, you know, and the Buffalo Bills got some magic up their sleeves. That's an interesting thought. And you could argue maybe the Giants need to trade down. Maybe they need to acquire some picks. Maybe they need more volume. Maybe they... Who's their backup quarterback right now? They still have Daniel Jones. Who who else is in the, is in the fold out there? Jake Fromm. Who's really in the fold out there? Jake Fromm's <laughs> their number two quarterback. <laughs> okay, so they need a quarterback. Maybe yeah. maybe, mm, maybe that's not going to work. Maybe oh, they should sign Barkley. Honestly, you, they should sign Matt Barkley. Oh, I'm sorry, not Barkley. I'm not. Um, they should sign. Oh, I'm sorry. Mitch. I'm sorry. I, I forgot. They signed Tyrod Taylor. Oh, that is right. That is right. Tyrod is uh, 
a stopgap. He's he's a um, I don't know a top backup. I guess if somebody goes down, he can come in, and you're not gonna have someone losing the so, game for you. He's not. I mean, we know what Tyrod Taylor is. He's not gonna throw for 303, but he's not gonna. He's gonna be careful with the ball, and you know you'll be in a position to maybe sort of kind of win. Yeah, the quarterbacks right now are Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Webb, and Brian Lewerke. All right, that does scream they're drafting someone at five. I would say so, or they're or they're moving down. I mean, it's not a uh, you know unless they're getting the kid out of Liberty uh, at five. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they trade down and, and acquire some picks. Okay, Buffalo's well, got eight of them. I don't see Buffalo using all eight of them. It does seem like their ownership really, really believes in Daniel Jones, and they want to give him an, another chance. So I could see an argument where you say, you know what. Give him another opportunity to learn under these coaches. We put a lot of stock in him. We believe in him. We're going to give him a chance. And guess what? If it doesn't work, we're going to be picking here again next year, and we'll take one of those guys. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree. Um, you know, they don't forget they have multiple first round picks, so you know they have ways to play and move up the board and move down the board as they need to. I think they're very similar right now in position as what the Bills were in the year they drafted Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. So you know. They're going to have ways to move up if they need to go get their guy, and they're going to have ways to move down if they feel like their guy's going to be there. So I, I, I see the Giants as a very viable trade partner. That is, you know what? I need to. I did. We'll talk. Wow. Dra- you know we'll talk draft more on, on one of our next. I podcasts. did not, Charlie. Did you? I did not realize this. I knew the Giants had two first. I didn't realize they're fifth and seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I, they I'm can so move I, five. They can move either one. I mean, it depends yeah. how the draft shakes out. The Bills could have something in the works, and they say, "Wow, okay, I, I that was that was a blind spot for him. I knew they had two. I didn't. I had not realized that they were that high." And I think the Phillies got like one like back to back or something. Like it's crazy the way uh, there's multiple teams. Like a lot of teams have two first round picks this year. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's gonna be an interesting draft, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. We'll talk draft you know, more as we get closer, which is actually coming up pretty quick. I can't believe at the end of next month. Um, Nick, real quick, because I know you are ready for bed on this late night recording podcast, but I yes, teased sir. it last time, so I got to ask it. Hit me. Jack Eichel and his comments <laughs> following the Vegas game. Now, I don't know if you listened. Yeah, to... I did. You bet I did. Okay. Did, did, well, you listened to Jack Eichel's comments, right? Yep, that's did what you, I was did, laughing. Did you, did you listen to... And I sent you the link. Did you listen to Andrew Peters and Craig Ravay's comments? Oh, you know what? The I following day. I started that, and then the phone rang, and I never finished it. Sum that up <laughs> for me. So Craig Ravay more or less completely called Jack Eichel nothing more than a whiny, excuse my language, but a whiny bitch. Um, you know, apparently there's a lot of stories about Jack Eichel and just how negative of a person he was. Um, you know, in general, not just with you know in the locker room, uh, with his teammates and all of that. So kind of really. Um, you know, changed my my thoughts on on Jack Eichel now. Um, and obviously the comments alone, I think we're, we're absolutely nuts. Yeah, dude. I mean, the fans are going to boo you. And there's guys out there who, you know, not like he matters or they matter, but the guys on Spit and Chicklets and Paul Bissonette, those guys just want to completely bash Sabres fans for sitting here and booing, um, you know, the guy who was once their franchise center, their the franchise captain. But – he deserved it, man. The, the the way he acted on his way out the door, he absolutely deserved it. I thought it was so strange watching his press conference the day before. He was calm. He was relaxed. He see he scripted. wanted to appear at yeah scripted, I guess. But he 
he said the right things. He went out of his way to say, I wish we had one more for like the, you know, the team, you know, the staffers who had been here for so long for Rick Jenneret. Like he, he said he had no hard feelings. And then he goes out there, makes a play that kind of loses the game and comes in the press conference and goes, well, oh, they were booing me. Oh, it's the loudest I heard of him in seven years, which is just a re- such a, an asinine thing to say, because number one, there were lots of times the Sabres fans cheered, like cheered very loudly, had good moments with Jack Eichel. Number and a two, ten game winning streak. Yeah, it was amazing. Number two, like don't act like you weren't like part of that team. That like that's part of that is your fault for not mm-hmm. playing better with the team. Mm-hmm. Like you were on that team that lost all those games. Like like what mm-hmm. do you mean? But like you're you're almost saying like yeah those teams that I was on we sure sucked like we. Well, I, I don't it, know. Just so weird. And people want to sit here and say they didn't give, you know, didn't give, um, you know, Eichel people to play with. Don't forget, they brought in Ryan O'Reilly, who he didn't mm-hmm. get along with, apparently. You know, he, they brought in Evander Kane. Like, you look at that, that, that was roster. I think like, about that I mean, a lot. What would Eichel have been if they didn't have Evander Kane? I don't know if Eichel would have been any different than, you know, with or without Evander Kane. I think at the time it was the right move because you're bringing in a guy who, you know, was very his, good his at playing teammates hockey. threw his clothes into the showers and well, yeah. now now he's he's uh yeah yeah he has bigger issues than than on the ice but um mm-hmm. you know it, it it at the time it was yeah you know fine good move you're bringing in playmakers guys you could play with your your top line you know that's what you're trying to do you're trying to flop that top line and look what happened man you know um I think that you talk about that press conference the day before. I think that press conference is very scripted. I think his agents gave him a list of things to say. Don't, don't forget, Jack Eichel wasn't even going to come out and talk to the media after that game in Vegas. I think Paul Hamilton and Mike Harrington had to be like, what are you talking about? He's not going to come out and talk to us. Hmm. Like, we're all here. We're all wait- We're not waiting to talk to, uh, you know, these nobodies. We want to talk to Jack Eichel. <laughs> You know, and and it was just so fitting that Jack Eichel lost the puck on the boards, and Alex Tuck is the one that scored the game winner. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and Peyton Krebs had a very good game. And yeah. you know, I know you're not watching a lot of Sabres hockey these days, Nick, but they are so much more fun to watch now than what they yep. were for the last yes, seven or eight are. years. You know, there are a lot. Have, of fun you, have to you seen? Now. I saw Eichel was reported with an upper body injury lately. That's not neck related, is it? Uh, they have not said. Um, I know he took a hit somewhere. I think against Florida, and he got hurt. I don't know what the injury exactly is. All right. Well, anyway, glad the guy got his surgery. Glad he's healthy enough to at least be on the ice in the NHL again. That part is good. Uh, yes. The being salty for no reason and being just kind of being a baby is is exactly what Sabres fans are not going to miss. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm glad he's gone at this point. And I, I will say this, and I, I've said it before, I think Kevin Adams is building a very good team. And I have a lot of faith in Kevin Adams and what he's doing. Um, you know, I think we have another year of this type of being mediocre. And then following year is going to be the year we turn it up. So we'll see what happens with, with the Sabres. What, but, what, isn't it so funny that, like, hiring the guy who happened to be working at Harbor Center, like, might work out? Dude, I mean, it's – it's <laughs> they were when they, when they laid everybody off. Yeah, they, they were grooming him to be that role like the, from what we've heard and what, what we've been told in the past um you know and it's not like he was just a you know it's not like he was just a janitor at harbor center like the guy played in the nhl he was an assistant coach <laughs> under lindy ruff for, yeah, for okay, a while you know, like, okay i should have you know yeah, not a janitor you know, so so 
yeah, I, he had NHL experience. He's been around the game. He's been in the front office. He's been with the coaches. So yeah, I, I liked the signing for the part of, Hey, you're bringing in a hometown guy, but um, you know, I think he's going to be that guy that's finally getting Buffalo over the hump. And let's be honest, he hasn't done any worse than what the GMs before him. It would be hard to. Right. Right. It'd be really hard to mess up with the GMs before him. Done. Mm-hmm. Got three picks going in the draft this year, probably one late one and, and, and two in the lottery. So we'll see what happens. All right. Hey, Bill's stadium sounds very nearing an agreement of sorts, whether it will be signed, will it pass, will it whatever. Seems like that's coming up within the next week or two here. We'll keep you updated on that. Italy, we're going to talk soccer for like four seconds. World Cup qualifiers lost to North Macedonia today. They are going to miss the World Cup for the second time in a row as two proud Italian-Americans over here. It's a little, little disappointing, but uh, hopefully USA can pull it out. We need USA back in the World Cup. Yeah, they got Mexico tonight, right? Yes, sir. And they got, uh, I believe, Jamaica uh, coming up or Panama, I maybe. Panama just think. started. Yeah, well, hey, Canada, it looks like Canada is going to be in the World Cup. Holy cow, they are leading the group right now. The, uh, yeah, USA, Mexico, got to have it, can't, can't miss again. Yeah, USA needs to win today or get a little bit of help. So uh, a U.S. win will qualify them. They're in the fifth minute currently uh, of this game, uh, U.S. versus Mexico. And Nick, was that would. With that yawn, we will we will wrap up today. Appreciate everyone tuning into the Process Podcast. You can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or find Nick on Facebook uh, at what, Nick? Facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. By Nick Veronica. You can also find some of Nick's great articles, not just on sports, but on anything Buffalo-related at WIVB.com. Am I allowed to give a shout-out on that, or do I need to cut that out? You already did. Well, there we go. Give you a shout out anyway. <laughs> um, find me on Twitter at Chawit68. And most importantly, you can follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Appreciate you, everyone tuning in. Remember to always trust the process.